when we act together will we have the courage to change our lives and the world around us. And this is why community is such an important aspect of our human experience. Welcome to the Community Heroes podcast, where we celebrate and share the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Catherine Mann. On this show, we share the stories of people using their skills, experiences, businesses, and involvement through sporting clubs and service organizations to enrich the lives of those around them. Community is so much more than the town you live in. It's a group of people that care about each other and feel they belong together. They are the people that support you when you need it the most. They're the ones who share the same ideas, interests and attributes that you do. Now let's hear from the heroes that are pioneering, changing and impacting their communities. Hello and welcome to the Community Heroes podcast. Today I have the incredible Karen Core joining us. She has an interesting and diverse background. It's She's going to be a rip-roar of an episode. For the last decade, Karen's priority has been advocating for positive change. Grounded in optimism about what people can offer, she has worked extensively through in the development and strengthening of communities as a foundation to the world that works. Karen started her career as an environmental engineer, working in water and environment sectors for government agencies and businesses. And she's also committed to environmental protection, restoration and related matters. From this, she's taken the skills in project implementation, communication, engagement, strategy development and facilitation. Karen has shaped and led social enterprise Jump Leads, also a non-for-profit, Make a Change Australia and Pop-Up Art, fostering many community initiatives and innovative organisations across health and wellbeing, environment, social disadvantage, inclusion and creative sectors. Welcome, Karen. What a, I love the diversity of, of what it is, the work that you do. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> no, you're most welcome. And so, yeah, may just share a little bit about you and, you know, like I love how, you know, your, what you started your career as, as an environmental engineer, segued into then forming the community-based organisations that you've started. So, you want to share a little bit about how that happened because to most people you know listening they might go I just can't even comprehend <laughs> absolutely so um yeah it's very interesting because going from engineer to community engagement people were like huh, how does that what's how does that fit but um basically what happened was so I'm yeah so I studied engineering and um basically what I, I'm really about is problem solving I love getting into challenges and um have a real passion for environment and people so in my engineering days I worked a lot on solving the problem of water I did a lot of water um, strategies for businesses and governments and then it sort of moved on from water to sustainability strategies um, and then I 
moved from Melbourne to Bendigo um, and had the opportunity to get involved in community. And I also did a whole lot of leadership training as well. Um, and I wanted to put that, you know, leadership experience, you know, uh, leadership theory into practice. So I started whilst I was in Bendigo looking for some sort of community group that I could be a part of and in the area of sustainability. And I happened to come across a new group that was forming called the Bendigo Sustainability Group. Um, and they hadn't launched yet. So they had an organising committee. So I was like, great, I'll come on board with that. Um, anyway, the day before the big launch, it was getting a lot of momentum because there was, it was very early days of sustainability groups and there wasn't anything in Bendigo happening like that at the time. Um, the day before, um, the committee ended up going, okay, well, we need a formal committee. Who's going to do what? When, when it got to putting a hand up to um, who's going to be president, dead silence <laughs> so <laughs> Always. Like, hmm, okay well maybe this is my chance to put my leadership you know Add on. Skills. Yeah. Add on. so I became the inaugural president of the Bendigo Sustainability Group and in three years I my learning curve went huge although I could bring to it a lot of skills in project management and grant writing and all sorts of stuff I learned so much about how to um engage and got a lot of experience in engaging in community and became the go-to person on issues like climate change we did we went up to Canberra at a climate change summits and we advocated for policy changes in all sorts of areas of environment and from that um, we also did a whole lot of on-the-ground community projects uh, including this massive um, solar panel program where we put on I think we instigated about 800 houses to put solar panels on the house uh, which was awesome but I also got burnt out <laughs> so yeah, right. after that I started thinking there's got to be a better way to support people that are really passionate to make a difference um, and I was thinking about, you know, the corporate world where you get a lot of support and training um, in the uh, voluntary community world. You don't get as much. There are some things that are happening, but it's not the same. So I started to think, how can we create something that's going to support um, people that want to make a difference in their community? And it doesn't have to be about environment. There's a lot of issues that interlink with environment, health and well-being, social disadvantage. Um, they all interlink. Why aren't and they also all have similar issues like, you know, fundraising, how do you get events off the ground, how do you um, get more volunteers, how do you get the word out more. All of those types of questions are similar across all sorts of community issues. So that's where I started Make a Change Australia. And I was lucky to get a, a scholarship to the School for Social Entrepreneurs and I had nine months to um, basically delve into how to make this organisation happen. And then I started rolling out different initiatives in the Bendigo area. Um, but then I also met a, an amazing and incredible lady called Sharon Side, who she was running a not-for-profit called Jump Leads. This is a long-winded answer to no, your question, I love it. by the way. It's great. <laughs> um, and so, so, so you so go Shazza and Kazza. Yes, Shazza and Kazza. So she <laughs> had the um, vision to support people in creative sectors, recognizing that they, like creative people, just give so much to um, communities and towns. They help with vibrancy, livability, health, well-being, all those things as well. But they're also a very unsupported sector. So she was in this whole world of supporting creatives. I was in this whole world of supporting community um, 
groups and we both had the same bruises on our heads, <laughs> uh, banging our head against the wall because it's very hard to make things happen um, when it's new and evolving uh, in sectors that aren't well funded or understood or supported. So we joined forces. So Make a Change Australia became an arm of Jump Leads, the community arm, and then Jump Leads also had an arts arm called Pop Up Art. So yeah, that, um, you know, some people were saying, well, why would you do that? Just keep going with what you're going. But the, the biggest thing for me is if you're going to make change happen, don't do it alone. Like it's just too big. You know, Stronger not one, together. <laughs> not one person can create the changes that are needed. So, yeah, the more you can work with others and we've come on board together and we, we have complementary skills and that, since then Jump Leads and Make a Change of Pop Apart have gone from strength to strength. So, yeah, that's yeah. where I am. That's how I got to where I am. <laughs> yeah, great. No, I love that. And, and it does. It sort of it answers and solves the problems and specific issues for different because what environmental uh, people challenge and want to help change there is not really similar in other ways as what creatives face. You know, they have a lot of people looking at them and going oh they'll come in and they'll do it for free and we don't need mm. to pay them and you mm. know they'll they'll just you know share all of this time but it's like it's that same thing there's not really um valuing the skills and what it is that the outcome actually brings because there's nothing nicer than walking down and seeing all beautiful art along an alleyway or just trans it just transforms um mm. spaces so it's definitely a, an area within communities that probably isn't valued as highly as what it what it is and I love that you're shining the light on that mm. And so what are your hopes and aspirations for, for all of the different uh, community sectors and the, the areas that you run through? Um, yeah, I suppose well, with Jump Lead, sort of our vision is to invigorate communities and change, like create culture change. So whilst we work with groups and issues specifically, we're also wanting to um, yeah, educate the broader community along those issues as well. So I guess my hopes and, and dreams for the future is that we can just keep doing that work and growing that, bring more people along. Um, we're working on specific projects at the moment. So we've had a project called Ramp Up Resilience, which was a, a partnership project with um, three shires in central Victoria plus a number of other organisations, and we got to talk with and engage with communities on issues like climate change, emergency management, uh, environment. Um, but also what we were doing was, was connecting with people that don't normally engage with those um, topics. So, so we've come up with really creative and fun um, engagement things like we have this question called what do you reckon about the weather um, so you know some people don't want to talk about climate change but the, if you ask them about the weather everyone's got a story to tell about the weather so finding those fun and interesting ways to bring more people along so my vision for the future is to continue that work and just help to do that on the ground you know long-term conversations and work that over time um you know, create a vibrant, thriving communities across Australia. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. I love that. And what have you sort of seen in your time with working with these communities are some of the biggest challenges that they face? Um, well, 
Um, let me, that's a big question because everyone's different, but definitely um, youth is a big one. I think um, having young people to stay in towns and keep engaged and connecting. Um, volunteer uh, Volunteers, like the, it's always the same people that volunteer, so that's a common one. Um, and, uh, yeah, employment as well and, yeah, new opportunities for, for people. Um, also funding, like everyone's got big ideas of big projects and it's always hard to you know, get those off the ground if the funding's not there. Yeah, great. And and I love that one of the aspects that you're looking at is actually changing the culture because from my time of working with community groups and within small communities is it's this is kind of like there's a just, you know, some narratives that are the same. This is the way we've always done it or they go in to complain about an issue but don't mm-hmm. really want to have a solution or take action on it. How do you deal with those sorts of challenges? Um, I suppose we do it in a soft way. So say, for example, the Ramp Up Resilience, we ran different events in towns. And um, so in Rochester, we ran an event called Curious About Climate. um, And we made it exciting. We had 10 different speakers all on local solutions. So rather than we're never about telling people what to do or what to think, what we're about is... um, I don't know if engineering is the right word, but I guess like facilitating and engineering a conversation so that people can engage with it where it's of interest to them and have them to start think, oh, okay, I hadn't thought about that. Or they heard a new person um, talking about a solution that had never co- they've never come across before or maybe they had but it just gave them the confidence to go down that path more. So it's really that that culture change is never about telling people what to do or think, um, but help giving them options to engage in those conversations so that they can change their thinking to what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, I love that because, you know, the people have to take ownership because if they don't take ownership of the change that they're going to implement, then they just won't hold on to it enough. Mm. and you know keep going with the work and developing it as they need to and what sort of resources um have you found being most utilized and useful for these community groups uh what do you mean by resources so is there certain um you know fostering the the conversations you know is there other resources you've been able to draw upon um to help them keep going with that so you know you come in and you provide the event and start the idea is there websites or is there you know do you make suggestions around being able to continue the work so they've got Hmm. other things to go back to as well um, yeah, definitely. So after any events and programs that we run, if we've come, if we've collated through, you know, talking, connecting with people on particular issues, we will collate all of that into, um, you know, our web blogs that then get posted so pe- people can access those. But um, there's a couple of other things that are really um, critical in this is one is they connect through the conversations that they have and the 
collaborations that they have. Yeah, they connect with people that they wouldn't otherwise have connected with. Um, for example, um, we've run initiatives called, one, one was called Connecting, and it was about the links between health and environment. And so people that, um, and we had a partnership with the disability service as well to bring inclusion into the conversation as well. So someone might come to the conversation because they're really interested in environment, and then they hear something about inclusion that they hadn't thought about before and then they start talking um, so the connections with new people um, which then like sometimes it literally alters where they were heading and I'll give you a, a really good example we um, had a, a program called let's nut it out and it was for 80 we had 80 different people working on different community projects coming together um, and they get to nut out their projects um, with each other. Um, and we had one person that was, had a passion to create a art studio for artists and a place, a hub for artists so that they are not feeling that isolation and they're feeling that support. Then we had another person that came who was from a, I think it was like an employment matching service, and they said, well, we we um you know we've got some space so the other people were looking for some space and they go well we we've got some space and we're looking for something for our work for the doll people to volunteer for so they ended up connecting and then they created a, a place a thing called the arts avenue studio and um yeah and that still exists today so Sometimes it's not necessarily they need ongoing support. They literally have something that completely alters the path that they were going and then off they go. So that's that one. That's really awesome when that happens and we see that a lot. Um, and the other one is because we, we have partnerships with government agencies and councils often, if we have things that we run, run events, then um, we collate all any information that's useful and we give it to those um, partners and they can then see what things are needed more and what they can invest in and support further um, and then also their information and links can get shared with the people that attend as well. So there's that ongoing, hopefully, um, possibilities to change things in the future too. Um, and also anyone that ever attends any event, events of ours, we um, keep communicating with them and we're always offering them other new free initiatives to get involved in as we get, as we go along. <laughs> yeah, great. And I suppose one thing that has been interesting is your, your communities you were able to bring together in different ways through because of COVID you had mm. to go online and but it's been in other ways maybe a little bit of a blessing because now you can run virtual workshops and connect everybody in those different areas in that way mm, yeah definitely and that's something that um yeah we had a big um yeah it was a big impact for us with COVID because we were doing a lot of face-to-face -face, um workshops and events which is great and you can probably never replace but yeah then being forced to then go online more um, has actually opened up a whole lot of new mm -hmm. possibilities and um, one of the thing, one of the surprising things we found is a week after COVID hit we were running a supposedly face-to-face -face workshop on the theme digital communities and everyone else was cancelling events. And we're like, we can't cancel this event. This topic is too important right now. So we <laughs> everybody out. needs this. <laughs> yeah. And it was um, it was targeted at creative sectors. Um, so in but we opened it up to our whole, you know, cohort of um 
groups and communities that we connect with as well. So in 48 hours, we transitioned it all online and we really had to <laughs> hustle um, hard. Hustle hard, <laughs> yeah. But we got it. We had 40 people come online. And what was the biggest great surprise for me was um, I didn't know that you could create a good sense of community online as well, but actually we could. Um, we had 40 people and they were so thrilled to be there because obviously it was a really stressful week. Not everyone knew what was going on. They were, everyone was in isolation, lockdown, um, and they just were thrilled to be able to connect, not only connect but also learn some good skills to help them with something that they needed right now. So now, as a result, what we're really excited to be able to announce very soon um, is our next new program, which we've got funded with eight partners, and it's called Let's Pivot, and it's specifically for community groups and not-for-profits and community leaders to, um, it's an online, yeah, interactive initiative that's going to support them in the Central Victoria region to um, transition during this time. So look oh, out for that fabulous. one. Fabulous. <laughs> yes, I definitely will. I'll totally be, because I'll be looking and trying to poach some um podcast guests oh <laughs> no, absolutely no <laughs> I would love it but, but that's uh, great. But yeah that's no, I win. think that's it is it is but it is it's been really interesting but when I've spoken to a few uh the sort of service clubs and community clubs so they've sort of got an aging demographic mm. so they've um and you know, they never thought they would ever be able to get online and get every all of their members then online. So there's one, and and I think the youngest is sort of in their sixties, but their demographic is sort of like seventy plus. Mm. Um, and they did. They worked out a way that they could all have Zoom meetings because this was not only good for them. It, you know, the club is good for them to get out and do things, but it's really good for their emotional and mental, mm. you know, capacity as well. And so then they found, oh, we, you know, they all learnt how to use Zoom. And for those that didn't have a have Zoom, they were given a Zoom buddy. But then they found that they were able to use zoom and connect with their kids so this they learned lessons then to be able to you know talk to and see their kids and their grandkids more and I'm like I love this you know you're Mm. learning something from another a completely different way and being able to use it in many other aspects yeah absolutely it's funny what you can make happen when you're kind of forced to isn't it absolutely (laughs) and I've heard of um, our neighbours actually they um, helped their um, all their elderly friends get on zoom as well they had a zoom dinner party so yeah even just like that's what this let's pivot's going to do also is help share what innovative and interesting things people have been doing to transition in this time as well um, to help it further I can't wait to see the outset of that. That'll be really good. And it is, it's like, I have loved this time just seeing how people have changed and adapted and done just things completely different. And also, you know, one of the best stories I heard was a brewery and, you know, they were forced to to shut their doors. So they're like, well, what can we do? So they got all of their staff together and they're like, well, you know, let's just put out all the ideas, you know, Mm, let's just get nuts. And so that collaboration of ideas and brainstorming, I believe is a really powerful tool as well. Mm. And then from that, they're like, well, everybody else around us is in the same boat. Let's make 
boxes, hamper boxes, and deliver these to people so that we're supporting ourselves, but we're also helping out all of our community of small growers too, because it was only in a small town. And so, and they ended up like, yeah, sales were like really really good that's so good I love that but that connection and as you said you know collaboration you know working with eight partners you know would have you had that opportunity to do things like that if you had to try to get eight partners of people in the same room Mm. not necessarily it's not as easy yeah that's right (laughs) exactly So it's definitely, it's been an interesting journey, but oh, I look forward to that. And hopefully, you know, a lot of these people yeah, can bounce and, and you know, share yeah. their ideas because, again, it's hearing new ideas and hearing how other people are adapting and changing that sparks something new that then leads you off on a completely different journey as well, just like what you're doing with Jump Leads. Absolutely. And um, the other part to that is, yeah, that, so there's the ideas and the inspiration and then there's the getting into action. So that's where the support and motivation, um, you know, and platforms to keep people moving um, and all sort of practical ways to just get things happening as well is really essential. It's the other part that I didn't mention earlier, but that's a lot of some of the training that we do too is helping people yeah. get into action and feel supported so that they sometimes you can just be so feel so difficult and too hard just go nah can't do it great idea but nah not going to do it which is fine but um you know because you know people can come up with lots and lots of ideas but if there's something that they really want to make happen um then yeah that's one of our focuses to support them through that process and get it happening yeah that's it you know because some things can just seem so huge but when you kind of it's just that breaking it down into actionable steps Mm you know is is all you got to focus on is that what's that one next thing that I have to do (laughs) and it's amazing how much you can get through when you're just looking at that one next thing (laughs) you don't have to look at the end goal because the end goal changes a million times anyway yeah you think you're going to create what actually transpires you know and it's and I think that's a great thing because then you open yourself up to be fluid and adaptive and be able to pivot and change especially through times like this as well yeah and you can still have your vision your sort of bigger picture vision and keeping that in mind but the actual tangible things that you do to get to that vision could change so yeah yeah, beautiful so what is it that you kind of think that's really been your driving force behind you as a person to create and really give back something in such a massive community aspect That is a good question. <laughs> um, I suppose I see um, the things that aren't working, like, you know, environmental, you think about climate change and biodiversity loss, um, you know, dis- people that are dis- so disadvantaged and things like that. So I tune into those issues and I guess the driver for me is that there is another way we can actually do this and it's too important not to and um you know I've got my kids and you know their future to think about as well but I'm not the only ones with kids and the the future so yeah I'm just so driven to go like that we've got to keep going because I also connect you know I often go out into the environment I love going on trips to the mountains or to the beach and the oceans and get that connection to our earth and planet 
And, um, yeah, I guess I'm just so driven to make sure we look after that um, and after the people that are on this planet too. Yeah, beautiful. That's great. And what was one of your earliest memories of sort of being able to sort of realise that, you know, this is an area that you wanted to really get into and focus on? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. probably, actually, I'd say university days. I studied um, a subject called sustainability um, and that was at the time, I think it was led by Peter Christoph, who was a, a, I don't know, high up in the Australian Conservation Foundation, but it was the early days of the sustainability and that was when I first got to really tune into those issues like climate change and things like that. Um, and I I suppose I just, yeah, also in that time at uni I did subjects where we did go out on field trips to caves and mountains and things like that so just learning I think education and learning about how our planet works um, and the interrelationships with people probably started to um, get that fire in my belly about we've got to do something about this. (laughs) Yeah absolutely realising that we are a part of the earth and the earth is a part of us you know like we can change our whole molecular system just by standing on the ground and (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, Absolutely. And the other part to that is so, yeah, I've I've probably talked a lot about the connection to the environment, but the people side is for me is all about the driver for that is making sure everyone is brought along um, because maybe it's a fairness thing, but, um, you know, I know a lot of people that are, are, you know, they might have a disability or a barrier so that they're not, you know, they're not grown up in a privileged um background and um I just feel like there's so much more that we can do to ensure everybody is included and so that's where the people side of it is so important to me as well and that's why everything that we do is all about trying to make it accessible for everyone too yeah beautiful. and also because there's there's a lot of people have um you know that don't often get might not get included they have a lot to contribute and people we, you know, we could solve a lot of problems if we tuned into more from their perspectives as well. <laughs> That's it. And realising that every single person has such a unique and um, value and way of, and ex- from experiences and skill sets that they're all really valuable. And when you can pull them together, you can really solve any problem and create create some massive action as well you know mm. working together is just so much as you said before when you're working you know when you started working with Sharon um mm. realizing that yeah doing it with someone is so much more powerful and you can create so much more, a bit of impact but it's good for you too mm. but your own personal you know your, your accountability you got someone sort of driving yeah. you pushing you you know and so bringing out uh, and and our offering other people those opportunities to use their skill sets and ask for their insight their input it's just a beautiful thing and it's just gonna it's um yeah everyone's got such unique unique insights that that yeah that can work well together so is that something like even as a kid you sort of really liked working together with people yeah I think I've always been community minded I love yeah, being with people, maybe that's an, I don't know if it's an extrovert thing or not, 
Um, yeah, definitely, you know, right from, you know, being in netball teams and youth groups and things like that, uh, definitely. Um, and one of the other things that I really love is if I see someone that's got a commitment or a passion about something, um, this is more to do with, you know, supporting the community groups or the community leaders or the creatives. If I see that they've got that spark of passion and commitment but they don't necessarily have the skills, I'm just like, if you've got the passion and the determination, you can do, you can make anything happen, the skills you can learn. So I really like to um, work with people that have that passion and commitment to do make a difference. <laughs> Yeah, great. Is it also support as well? So being able to support people with that sort of idea that, you know, yeah, as I said, it's a little bit of the accountability, but just knowing that someone's got your back or believes that you can actually do it does tend yes. to increase their success rate exponentially. Absolutely. And maybe that's also because of me and my experience of that burnout phase. Um you know, uh, just thinking like I understand how challenging it can be and how stressful and hard and, you know, overwhelming it can be. So, um, you know, wanting to nurture that person to say, you know, because we do need more people to make a difference in community, but it's not really about that. It's more about that individual person is offering a lot and, um, yeah, can be supported. Should Beautiful. Be supported. Yeah, that's great. And so how, what are your sort of your dreams and your vision um, for you personally? Mm, um, so it's interesting with COVID because, um, you know, priorities do change a bit. Um, and so I was previously working in an office in town. I'm now working from home and I absolutely love my home now. Before that, I didn't want to know about my home. <laughs> I was like too hard, too much to do. So now, so my vision, I guess, is I guess getting that balance between, um, which I feel like I do have a really good balance at the moment, um, nurturing your home and your being there with your family and enjoying the presence of your family uh, and continuing to grow and build on the the not-for-profit the jump leads work um and also looking after myself and you know doing a bit more <laughs> of that or local walks and the other part is um all about the like connection to your local neighborhood um, so whilst jump leads is about big picture change it's actually also about very local and um, I'm being in through COVID have connected very closely with my local community a lot more got involved in you know there's a community pool that we had an advocate advocating campaign to keep it open so I got involved in that and and you, know, you were successful <laughs> yeah. in doing that too yeah. you actually exactly. got it overturned because it was yeah. set to even though the community had said yes we wanted to stay open surprisingly they still said no it was going to close and there was a big pushback yeah <laughs> that's right exactly and so that we yeah got on board and supported our local community to get behind it all and um yeah keep it and so now yeah there's that and then there's this whole recreation reserve like I'm part of I'm involved in that anyway because my boys play footy there so uh, I walk there nearly every day so um you know I'm starting to see a lot more articles out there 
post-COVID about that um, late local neighbourhood hubs and um, I really, really connect and can resonate with that and, you know, why not start with your own local community and then go from there? <laughs> That's it. Find what works and the systems and ways to, you know, get people in working together and replicate mm. through other ones or suggest it for other people too. Mm. So there always has to be those I suppose, key leaders within communities just to be the drivers of, you know, advocacy. And I think, yeah, it's just good. They just kind of need to know that, yeah, it's okay you to stand up and fight. We mm. need people like you. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, good on you. And so how can people contact or follow you or assist you in any way with, um, with advocating for all of your, your, <laughs> your topics and uh, what, you're, what you're pushing for? But also how can people follow, follow you and, and get a part of your journey? Oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's lots of ways. So if they want to follow me personally, I'm on LinkedIn. So Karen Core or Instagram or Facebook. Um, so you can search Karen Core there. Um, but in terms of the organization, uh, we have webs, we have a few websites. So if you go to jump our jump leads website www.jumpleads.net then that can take that will show the overall organization and how you can subscribe to a mailing list if you want to keep in the loop but it also has links to the make a change uh website and the pop-up art website as well so depending on if you're interested in community stuff or creative stuff or both join them all <laughs> um and then the other thing is look out for on the Make a Change, yeah, Facebook and Instagram page, um, the next lot of opportunities coming up, which is the Let's Pivot because, yeah, everyone is welcome to be a part of that and we'd, we'd love you to join in that. Uh, and then there's uh, Pop-Up Art. Uh, we have some arts workshops as well. So if you're interested to be involved in those, you can have a look yeah, on the social media for that too. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. I really love your your energy and your driven nature just to keep pushing and not settling and always sort of, you know, take asking more of yourself but as well as everybody else around you as well. Great. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks. No for, worries. Um, thanks for having me. Most welcome. Have a great day. Okay, bye. Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more stories of awesome everyday people helping their communities, then make sure you subscribe to this show. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email at communityheroespodcast at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram just by searching Community Heroes Podcast. Also, you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn by searching Catherine Mahn, that's C-A-T-H-R-Y-N-M-A-H-O-N. I hope to hear from you soon.